gonna you hear me now? I can't hear you now, but I don't know what what is that voice? Where is it? What's where are you pulling for inspiration there? I, you know, honestly, if I'm being honest, it's uh, we've been going through a real big puss in boots. Oh uh, yeah, we just uh, watched that the newest movie, dude. The newest one is awesome. The animation rules, right? I mean, that rules, but like story wise and. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's, good. it's really good, yeah. So intense, though, that wolf character. I was like going to say. Jane was a little freaked out. Yep, it. Amelia and Elliot both were like, like. It's, it was a little intense. <laughs> I mean, they did so well, though, with, uh, with like, making it sort of scary, though, you know. Yeah, for sure. It was awesome. I'll tell you what, since you won't do it on your own, mm-hmm. despite however many times I've suggested it. Don't worry, pal. I got you. I got you covered. <laughs> I like that you've sent me that. Four different ways in many different, yeah. like... Oh, you may like it better now in English. I'm like, dude, check out the title sequence. I mean, but you didn't even watch it, though. That's the, see, that's the problem. If you would have watched it, you it's impossible for you not to agree with me that that title sequence is bad oh. the bone with that song. Well, you know, you know, well, anime is a little different because a lot of times, like, they'll, they'll use the same teams... Mm-hmm. To do like the intro and then the, if it were a comic book, the uh, like the interiors, you know? Yeah. So, but when a lot of those that come over to here to the West, they'll have just like the, the most badass like intros, like specifically yeah. like the number one show I think of when I'm, when I'm thinking of this is like that show Bionic 6. It's okay. so, it's yeah. so hard to find, but it's, the intro is incredible. Nice. Yeah, I need to look at the intro. But what's funny too, man, is like some of the songs are just like it's. Oh my gosh, dude! Like the other day, we were walking through our neighborhood, and Jane's just like singing, begging for me to play the uh, Dragon Ball Z theme, which is like straight. I mean, hold on, dude! I got to give you a taste, just real quick, just so you can, just so you can kind of get a taste of. Imagine what our neighbors must think mm-hmm. uh, when they hear this, and it's just so weird. Just listen to this. Okay, now imagine a six-year-old literally mouthing those lyrics as best as possible yeah, right. being an English speaker. Just pure gibberish. And just like, you know, she's just like, but she'll know like the major parts. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, it's so funny, man. Dude, you know how many years you made fun of me for? I went All the, of them. Yeah, That's yeah. That's the answer, folks. All of the years. <laughs> exactly. And now I picture Woody. I sent, I sent you a photo, but Dude. I'm sure it would definitely get us canceled. But... um. It's just this image in my mind of Woody as he just gets deeper into anime and manga. And I turn into my own uh, yeah, fat, old manga character. No, it's like he, he you know, he gets more, mm-hmm. even more of like, oh. an, like an olive complexion. He gets mm-hmm. shorter a little by the day. Oh Hair gets more like straight, glistening, sort of like bowl cut style. I don't know why your hair develops into a bowl cut. but <laughs> Just automatically. Yeah, just, just automatically. Superpower. Um, but you know what? I do think, and maybe this is like a Patreon exclusive thing. I think yeah. we should have Woody's Japanimation Junction. Oh, okay. Where you just talk 
about whatever the you're into. Yeah, because I'm really <laughs> regarding into, anime or manga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good to me, man. Yeah, dude. I think I think that's a pretty good idea. Oh, also, I also had this funny sort of thought while you were telling your story about. Um, <laughs> okay, pal. Howdy, folks, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. We are a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and we minor in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and trying to raise our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown. And Tyler Benz. How we doing, pal? Hey, pal. You know what I was thinking? What's that? Uh, As you were saying this... Since you've gone just off the f- deep end, uh, should should we add manga and and anime to that to that intro somewhere? Oh my gosh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like no, because I'm not that much of an expert in it. And right now, I'm just so like entrenched in like sort of like the more d- kid friendly stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, okay, I, I'm pretty sure you qualify to have that in the intro. Uh, t- tell them what you just told me about how many. How many books you just bought in the box set of just one piece? We're not even talking oh, about Oh, yeah, one stuff. piece. So there's four box sets available right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an ongoing series that it's started back in, like, 1997. Mm-hmm. It's still going, still releasing, like... Really? It goes all the way back to the yeah, 90s? dude. I didn't know that. There's over a 1,000 chapters of this stuff. I mean, there, mm-hmm. it's just nuts. So there's only four box sets available. It goes up to book, I think, 90 or something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, out there in the in the world exists, you know, 91 through 100 and something, but wow. you know, there's not there's not a fifth box set yet. We I'm, have the four box sets, oh, and geez. right now I'm on book, I think like 19 or 20, All right, so tell, already finished. The, tell the fans how many books that is. 90, 90 books. God. Yeah. So it's just, gonna, as see a, you next summer. <laughs> yeah. As a comic book artist, like, all that says to me, all that is to me is just like, Jesus, dude, that is... Tendinitis. That is so much work. That is just giving up on having a family. Mm-hmm. You know, might as well sell the kids. <laughs> uh, or at least get them drawn, you know? Well, yeah, that's true. They could be... Uh, my I mean, I'll say the newfound respect I have for... The manga. Yeah, that yeah. are not only like coming up with a storyline, but also drawing it... Every week. Yeah, right. Nonstop, dude. Mm-hmm. And as soon, it's like, as soon as they submit it, boom, they're starting the next one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you survived that long, man, doing it. I mean, I don't either. I, I will say, like, the interesting thing is, like, you know, when you have, and again, like, you know, just like with anime, I think us Westerners kind of, sometimes people, Americans, especially we'll look at that kind of stuff and just be like, oh, it's silly, you know, like the big eyes and like blah, blah, blah. But like when I see it, like especially knowing like just how intense and how much work these mangaka mm-hmm. guys like put into this, it's like the 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 main thing that I see is like, and, and I think the word that best is, sort of covers everything is just economy because it's mm-hmm. every single little line, like it's, it's all like there's no, it's a, it's a, and this is, there's always a purpose to to every single well, well piece. yeah but it's like there there is like a simplification on there's no rendering 
Mm-hmm. There's no, I, I mean, not always no rendering, but, um, yeah. but like, it, you know, there's, there's like, it's always a fixed line. So like a technical pin or like a, like a, uh, like zebra G nib. That's what a lot of those guys use. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's not, it's, it's literally the opposite of what I do. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the reason why is so that they can just pump out. Crank like it out, man. Thousands And you would pages. think that like, there'd be a big, huge sort of sacrificing the quality of the art yeah, because right. of that. Mm-hmm. But like what you find is, especially with like these series, I, I've I've heard that there are some, mm-hmm. you know, there's like some Reddit threads that's like, where, are, you know, tell me, or like, you know, list your favorite uh, manga where the story is amazing, but the art sucks, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's people that talk about that. In these cases, man, like I'm so blown away sometimes by some of these panels that I'm like, my gosh, man. I mean, I text them to you all the time. Mm-hmm. And like, because it looks like just incredible. Now, are some of the drawings like more simplistic and stuff? Sure. And then I think like what initially turned me off about it when I was like a kid and stuff was like, I didn't understand uh, that like those, you know, sort of exaggerated expressions and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of differences. There, There's like culturally, you know, stuff that like the humor and stuff is just a little different. Mm-hmm. And also you know, you're talking about a black and white piece of paper. You can't, you, you know, they're they're having to really ex- express all this stuff within like these really kind of constrained parameters. And so yeah. you end up really kind of loving and appreciating and actually like craving those exaggerated expressions. And, and then it, like, it makes it funny. I don't, that's not what today's episode's about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! I love but, all that like breakdown just to get to. Yeah, that's we're not, not going to. about. We're not going to talk about that. You know, I think maybe I don't even know how many episodes ago we kind of talked about my interest in like our interest, I should say, in like history and stuff like that, and how we never really get a chance to kind of dive in. And for whatever reason, man, that triggered this idea that I had to kind of like hmm what are some of the things that like either we've talked about or I'm sure that we know of Mm -hmm. that happened in history kind of during the month of April, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And I found some interesting things that I kind of wanted to bring to the table today to briefly talk about. And my idea is like some of them are, you know, relatively like weird. Some of them are definitely strange uh, and mysterious. And then some of them are just like, thank God this happened. And they're wonderful. right? Right, right. And some of them even will definitely require a deeper dive. And so what I want to do is, listener, mm-hmm. if you hear one of these that you're like, okay, I really want you guys to expand on that one, mm-hmm. or I need to know more about that, or, hey, I know a fair amount about that. You guys forgot to say this, this, and this. Right. Then I would challenge you to send us a message. You can do that on our Instagram, and mm-hmm. that would be rad. Or you can send us an email, that would be radpod at gmail.com. Or even send us a message from our website. You're, ta- you're taking my whole, all my lines. Bro. I'm just doing it now. Okay, good. All right. Just so that I can, you know, this is the first part of, you know, us suggesting that. So okay. anyway, Love if it. you hear something today that you're like, guys, I really want you to kind of like broaden that and turn that into a whole episode, mm-hmm. shoot us a message. And then my promise to you is within the next couple of weeks or so, we'll kind of come back and do an expanded episode on whichever one of these that you would like. Yeah. Cool. Sound fair? Uh, dude, I love it. And I also cheated a little bit. And through deduction, uh, you just sort of briefly, like, 
you know, vaguely told me about what you were you were talking about today. And so through deduction and gumshoeing, I actually have several of my own that are similar where they definitely deserve their own episode, especially two of these for sure. But mine are other things that have happened in April regarding UFOs. Ooh, I love it. Mm -hmm. Now, there's another challenge, folks, and you're going to hear this in real time about how difficult this will be for Tyler. Here's my challenge to you, dude. Mm -hmm. As I unfold some of these things, I know one specifically you're not going to be able to like keep from just going into greater detail on. And I'm going to give a little bit of detail, but just, you know, really trying to hold back so okay. that we can maybe come back and do an episode on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah I, I'm terrible at that. So just sort of, sort of like, woo, like yeah, yeah. Pull, pull back, back on the, the reins, reins a little yeah. bit. All right, so the first sort of bizarre thing, mystery that occurred in history back in, this is April 26th. 1986. Mm. Okay. On that date, an explosion occurred at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in Ukraine. Ukraine. Wow. Obviously causing a nuclear disaster. The explosion was caused by a combination of human error, design flaws, series of explosions within the reactor. And of course, the accident resulted in the release of a ton of radioactive material into mm. the environment. So widespread that the surrounding area and everything, it was just evacuated, right? I mean, I think 100,000 people evacuated from the areas. And I mean, to this day, I think is you know, uninhabitable. I saw that mm -hmm. there was an article about some, they've tested some of the dogs that have been running wild yeah. and have discovered like mutations within them. I think in other words, there's going to be some, have you seen, have you guys in your family, have you seen the uh, Super Friends? Wait, I'm just, I'm just kidding. The what? You know, like the super dog. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh no, 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 super pets, you mean. <laughs> super pets. This yeah. is what happens when you like get the title pets. wrong and the joke just falls completely flat. Hey, the good news, though, is with the amount of money that we've sent over to Ukraine, they could build 30 new Chernobyl. nuclear. You know huh? what I'm saying? Huh? Put whatever you want to, you know, fund <laughs> it all. Okay. So here, part of the reason that I, obviously, if you're a kid in the 80s, you know, it's funny. I, here's the thing. We kind of mentioned this. Back in season two, mm -hmm. that's season two, episode 42, entitled This is not a Mothman episode. Yep. And we kind of go into greater depth about this disaster. And what's really cool is the potential cryptid Mothman like sightings just prior to the disaster. Yeah, that was super fascinating because not only had I never heard of it, what was it called? The Chernobyl Blackbird? Yeah. The Blackbird of Chernobyl. Blackbird of Chernobyl. Not only had I never heard of that, I, but you see like such like like such a, a similar pattern in mm. in its behavior when they saw it compared to like when the actual sort of catastrophe happened. Like it, yeah. it, it's the, the same sort of like timeline, you know. Yeah, it's yep. fascinating. Dude. It is super fascinating, and so I encourage folks that. Well, are either unfamiliar with the disaster at all, mm -hmm. uh, or like you hadn't heard of the uh, mm -hmm. the Blackbird sighting before, to go check out that episode because it's like we say, and it's not a Mothman episode. Um, we say it several times. Well, the, yeah, the guy says it several. Yeah, times. our, our uh, you know highly paid narrator oh, yeah. says it a couple of times. This is not a Mothman episode. Anyway, it's a great. It was a great 
episode. It was fun mm -hmm. and it's really, really neat. So that's an interesting thing because by the time this episode comes out, I think that anniversary of, of this disaster will have uh, will be pretty close. So that's super interesting. There's also an HBO documentary or HBO show, not documentary, about it and stuff. And it's you know, it's a little intense. I mean, yeah, as I a six-year-old at that time, let's see, April, no, I was five. Uh, I didn't know anything like this was going on. I didn't realize sort of the potential dangers, really, that even being so far away, mm -hmm. uh, you know, could could affect us. So luckily, well, I mean, maybe that does kind of explain some of Tyler's, like, what we would call deficiency. But, mm. like, you know, it's not necessarily the reason. Or know? mutant power. We're keeping an open mind. <laughs> oh, speaking, uh, speaking of mutants, actually, you know, that is one of the things with, uh, and and I already agreed that I wouldn't ramble for everyone. It's already happening. <laughs> but that is that is a common thing. Which I'm sure we talked about it on on that past show. But uh, the uh, that idea of like these sort of irradiated zones is that right? Radiated, irradiated. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Man. By the way, what word did I mess up yesterday that I just could not get it right? I don't remember. Oh, oversimplification. I was saying. Yeah. Oversimplification. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that that's like a common thing over there. That like. And like what he said, there, you can't live there. So it's just, I mean, it's a perfect sort of place that's rife with like urban legends of like, oh, there's this, you know, these like two-headed wolves mm -hmm. and like these sort of like mutant type Morlock animals, mm -hmm. you know, roaming the streets of this sort of ghost city. It's 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 pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's not cool. And but. for the comic book fans, I mean, that's, God, I mean, that's the primary sort of. Oh, uh, yeah catalyst for so many superheroes and, and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Gamma uh, radiation, I, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, well, the Incredible Hulk. What's the blue guy from... Uh, the blue guy. The blue guy from uh, Watchmen. Um, um, oh, uh, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. I mean, radioactive spider. Yep, right? yep, good, uh, yeah. Spider-Man. Um, Let's just do this the rest of the show. Let's just name. <laughs> every superhero <laughs> that was affected by radiation. Mm -hmm. uh, anyhow. Oh, Fantastic Four, space radiation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. You know, it does wonders. Also, uh, the uh, Van Allen belts, which prevent us from actually leaving and going out into space. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, didn't, I think. It's a miracle that we recently that. landed on the uh, the newest Musk rocket, just like something had exploded. It didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't think, make I, it out of the atmosphere. I think all that stuff's theater. Nah. Okay. <laughs> totally theater. Well, I think it looks so ridiculous and impossible. Um, and you can tell it's real because it looks so fake, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have way better CGI if it was fake. <laughs> okay. I had a buddy that told me, uh, Tony, that was like kind of not obsessed with the Chernobyl stuff, but mm -hmm. like he knew a lot about it and just kind of fascinated by it. Fascinated is, is a better word. Mm -hmm. And he would tell me like there are people, and this was like, God, man, 15 years ago or something, he was telling me all this. People will pay to throw on a radiation suit. Oh, yeah. And just like tour the area mm -hmm. and take photos and all. And, you know, he was also fascinated with just like the concept of like ghost towns, you know, towns, not like ghost with cities. ghosts, but like, yeah, cities yeah. that were like built up and then abandoned and then like yeah. all the overgrowth and stuff. And my buddy, uh, my buddy Bruce and I, like we constantly send each other those, especially like, um, like amusement parks mm. and like those it's places. Weird, dude. That, yeah, it's super weird. And but especially like with that, because 
you know that 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 it was built with the intention of being like a place of like joy and like kids yeah. and it's bright Laughter. color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then then you see it like all like run. It, I mean, Dude, it's kind of like I, seeing Pennywise all like old. Yeah, yeah. You know. If I lived near one of those abandoned amusement parks, mm-hmm. I would spend so much money being able to pipe some electricity in there just so like at, in the middle of the night mm-hmm. I'd get some of those things lights on and cranking just to freak people out as they drove by. Oh I'd yeah. i pipe in some audio of like yeah like kids laughing and stuff. <laughs> uh, my, I'm a huge fan of this guy named Josh Gates. Do you know who that is? Never heard of him. Okay. He has a show called Expedition Unknown but is Oh is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that guy. Yeah, super charismatic. We actually saw a panel with him Courtney had a huge crush on him, and he signed her shirt, and it's actually pretty funny. But he's so charismatic and so funny, and he has a show called Expedition Expedition Unknown. But his old show, Destination Truth, on the uh, on the Sci Fi Channel, was awesome. And one of the episodes they do that they they throw on the the suit the radiation suits and go mm-hmm. in there to kind of try to get evidence of like sort of ghost. Hmm. I mean, because that's another thing that, like, you got to think about. It's like, you know, yes, it's a place that's rife with with urban legends and, like, you know, folklore and stuff. But at the same time, like, imagine the amount of people that died. Oh, I know, man. And so if there's going to be ghosts, it, you know, they're going to be there. Let me ask you a question. Would you, like, pretend for a second that, uh, well, no, no, no. It's a yes or no, basically. Mm-hmm. For me, it's an easy answer, a very quick answer. But would you spend the night there? Here are the, here are the parameters, though. You got to do it by yourself. You're allowed to bring a video camera mm-hmm. and battery charger so that you have a you know a nonstop. The battery's not going to die. Mm-hmm. A notebook on your your nibs, your pins. Yeah. Uh, Sketchbook. You know, you know, food and stuff like that. No weapon other than like maybe a knife. That's all you're allowed to bring. Well, you have to you have to spend the night there by yourself. Would you do it? Yes or no? Go. Well, tell me your answer first. Oh, it's very easy. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Not in a million years. Um, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff like doesn't naturally scare me, like the dark and stuff. But I will say, and this is let this me just is, clarify something here, folks. I'm not. Af- I'm not afraid of the dark, dude. That's you are. You about. literally have three you night lights. You are so afraid of. The, you when are we used, so afraid of the dark, Woody. When we were on tour, talking? making it up. Now I need you to put your hand on a Bible. When we were on the road, yes, I did you it. or did you not have two night lights that you would carry with you to the hotel? So, rooms? dude, you are so full of crap. Every time you'd plug them in. No. Every time. No. Um, no. You're thinking of your dehumidifier. I never had a dehumidifier. Do, do you remember like the one in the basement at Patty and what's his name's? That we stayed when we lived in Chicago, <laughs> and that thing just like overflowed and spilled everywhere. Oh god, that was that was horrible. Uh, no, I, I I would say and yes. Then you guys broke the shower door. No, I didn't do that. That's uh, Boo Boo did that, slamming it every time. Just Go like, ahead, like a wrecking ball. I would I would have said yes, but this here's the caveat, and it, it's actually sort of synchronicity since I brought up Josh Gates in that episode of Destination Truth. It is the most like at least wherever they were, I think it was like even like an old school. Oh boy! And it, it truly w- was terrifying. And they actually mm. did catch stuff. They caught like you know what looked like somebody like walking like 
down the hall oh or like across, you know, across the hallway. And uh, so I don't know, man. That, that would I be know, a tough one. We've talked about this in in our episode, you know, the one that I think it's called "What Are Ghosts?" Mm-hmm. And I'll pipe, I'll pipe in the number here. Hear more on that would be rad. Season two, episode thirty-four. What are ghosts? I'm still kind of on the fence on what I think that kind of stuff is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, interesting. But enough about the um, disaster. We're on top of April 26, nineteen eighty-six. I know, man. We got a couple more to roll through, and this one's going to be the one that I really thought you're going to like interrupt me a million times and just have to tell us extra details on. But that just already happened, so I'm in a I'm in a world of, world of hurt here. Okay, <laughs> I'll be this, better. I'll be better from here on out. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. I got a question okay. for everybody listening. Okay. Now, I don't want you to, everybody listening except for Tyler, you can answer it in your car, your house, if you're mowing the lawn, you can answer it out loud. Mm-hmm. But Tyler, th- this is rhetorical for you. Mm-hmm. On April 30th, 1945, mm-hmm. allegedly Adolf Hitler died, or did he? So let's take it back to April 30th, 1945. Mm-hmm. Adolf Hitler, the leader of Nazi Germany, yep. probably one of the most evil people to ever be on the planet, reportedly committed suicide mm-hmm. in his bunker in Berlin. Yep. His death, of course, then marked a real easy marker for the end of World War II in Europe and was seen as sort of like the turning point in history. And while most historians agree, obviously, that Hitler, you know, committed suicide, there are a lot of conspiracy theories that kind of suggest otherwise. I know you and I have kind of, yeah, talked about this, wait for it, (laughs) uh, before, because to me, too, this is actually one of those conspiracy theories that while I'm not sure and necessarily have a decision on what I believe, it's extremely interesting. You know, World War II in general has always been... Uh, a very interesting and fascinating topic to me. So I never really dug too deep. So I'm just going to, like I said earlier, touch on the highlights here. And then again, if this is something that you guys want us to expand on in greater depth, we can't because, by the way, there is a hefty amount of information. I mean, multiple books and all that. So here's just the, the gist, all right? In the weeks and months after the war, Hitler sightings from across the world were reported to British and American intelligence services. Hitler, it was claimed, had been seen in Ireland, dressed as a woman, in Egypt, where he had converted to Islam, in a coffee house in Amsterdam, on a train traveling from New Orleans, you know, because Mardi Gras, and in Washington, D.C., at a restaurant, and even in Charlottesville, Virginia. Most famously, though, like Tyler, you know, interrupted me with earlier... There were multiple reports that Hitler was living with old comrades in Argentina, having, by some reports, been sort of quickly spirited out of Berlin, flown to a German airbase in Denmark, and then taken across the Atlantic by 
U-boat or submarine for those that, uh, you know, aren't super into the World War II stuff. Once he kind of arrived in Argentina, he lived in a, or he basically traveled to this Argentinian ranch by horseback. And there's even another theory. This is kind of really interesting. And I like this again, not to give any hints out there to anybody on where you should put your vote on what we need to do next out of all these. This is where it really starts to get intriguing. So this other theory that I saw suggests that Hitler escaped to Antarctica where he established a secret base and continued his research in advanced technology, weird biomedical, you know, splicing genetic stuff, like all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. that makes for great comic book stuff. Oh, yeah. But, you know, terrifyingly enough, a lot of this stuff like really happened. Like Mm -hmm. I said before, there's a ton of books about this. There's one called Grey Wolf, The Escape of Adolf Hitler, Adolf Hitler by Simon Dunstan and Gerard Williams. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's one by a guy named Harry Cooper, and it's called Hitler in Argentina, The Documented Truth of Hitler's Escape from Berlin. And then Hunting Hitler, New Scientific Evidence that Hitler Escaped Nazi Germany by Jerome Corsi. The books, you know, uh, let's see, there's been tons of TV shows, History Channel, oh, I, mean, yeah. I think had one called like Hunting Hitler and all this. What's interesting is a lot of this, I, I would say like maybe like the most recent sort of wave of conspiracy and stuff was kind of sparked by, in 2009, listen to this, this is crazy, I had no idea. 2009, mm-hmm. they performed a DNA test um, that was on a piece of skull yep. that was in Moscow, mm-hmm. which is believed to be Hitler's skull, or a piece of his skull, right? The DNA test confirmed that it actually belonged to a woman. To a woman. Yep. Now, again, Fake as we're not going to do it now. Listen to this, we're not going to do it now. Mm-hmm. There's this whole thing I found about... It's, and it's extremely interesting about uh, the fact that essentially Russia and Russia's involvement with basically having the uh, biological sort of evidence that mm-hmm. he quote-unquote killed himself. And there's just this whole different multifaceted sort of conspiracy just within that and everything. So anyway. Well, can I say something real quick? Well, of course you can. <laughs> no, no, no. No, this is like kind of important because I think a lot of times when people hear this, they think, oh, well, of course, it's it's disinformation if it's anything to do with, like, Russia, Russia. Yeah. you know, propaganda and all that stuff. But uh, the actual testing, so Moscow and, and Russia has had it in their, you know, archives or whatever since it happened. They, mm-hmm. they recovered the body, they had it, which is kind of weird to me, but, yeah, you know, I digress. In, I thought it was early, I thought it was, like, in... Like 2000 or like the early 2000s, but they actually did it. They actually had Americans at, at some university. I can't remember either, like you know Yale or Harvard or, or yeah. something like that. They're the ones who did the testing, uh, you know, to discover, you know, that it's more than likely a woman's skeleton. Now, is Russia just being? Totally shady, and did they send a female skeleton mm-hmm. on purpose? On purpose, yeah. Was to, it Ava Brown? Well, Ava Brown, I think they have pretty much, without a shadow of a doubt, discovered that it. She did truly like shoot herself, and that is her, her remains. Man, yeah, it's fascinating. I'm not going to dive in further than that on that one. Yep, because again, it is something that deserves a lot more time and attention, and yeah. you know, hopefully. That's the one that people vote for. But if it isn't, then we'll probably do it anyway. 
I mean, okay. dude, the the new Schwabenland stuff is is fascinating because, you know, I mean, you you get into like Admiral Bird and like the Hollow Earth stuff and like, yep. like just stop right there. Please. No, no, I am, I am, but but like, the just to say this, the Nazis were very very like obsessed with this like, you know, setting up shop in um in Antarctica. Mm. I do mm-hmm. kind of lean more to the the Argentina thing. I just think that like I mean there's a ton of his his uh you know yeah. his his top officials that made it down there and just mm-hmm. lived throughout the rest of their life. I mean right. as Americans we point to like the Nuremberg trials as like oh well see that's where we got all the all the Nazis mm-hmm. and and they and were punished. Still, like a ton. I mean dude they, relatively recently they just uh captured oh, old Nazi tons. Uh, High up military guy and can, you know, and, dude. Do you know uh, how many put him on trial? Do you know how many people they they try? Like again, like the Nuremberg trials are always like that's where we like took action. Ticket, yeah. Do you know how many people were out of like I don't know something like ten thousand or something crazy? Like, do you know how many people were actually tried at the Nuremberg trials and executed? Ten thousand and one. No, I'm kidding. Fifteen. Jeez. So nothing happened, and then not only that. But then you have the lore, which is all true. It's not it's not just lore where, you know, we took uh, Warner Von von Braun. We took, like, you know, to create Project Paperclip or Project, uh, yeah, Paperclip, to bring them over and, you know, team up with Jack Parsons to create NASA. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot to that. There's a lot to it, and we're going to get to mm-hmm. it next time when we, uh, yep. we like, kind of dive, not next time. When we dive into this one further, no matter what, yeah, for we, sure. we just have to because it's you know on the surface, if this is the first time you've heard of this, or maybe you've only kind of briefly heard about it, it's like oh, okay, mm-hmm. right. But when you start to, it's just very captivating because there's like all of the body doubles. I mean, the same goes for like any of the sort of uh, quote unquote quote sort of like evil leaders and everything, mm-hmm. and even you know. I'm sure monarchs throughout time have had those like body double things. And when you see the pictures of all the yeah. Hitler body doubles, dude, it's like, uh, wait a minute, which one have I seen before? Cause this guy looks just like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yeah. wild, wild stuff. I mean, even, even now, like, like, have you seen all these videos, like the weird, like Biden stuff where like, there's one where he goes where to, they like compare like earlobes or well, yeah, like there's somebody yeah. else. Th- um, that's the that's like one of the big ones because you can't you just can't change your your earlobe like it's either separated or connected. unless you have a facelift, which definitely probably happened. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This is one where he like it's like a a you know like a cell phone video and he's talking and he he like rubs the back of his neck and it like crinkles up like a mask like not like old mm. skin. So I, yeah. I believe there's a lot of that kind of stuff going around. Yeah. And the, oh, and then the the Melania Trump double. Did you hear about that? Did you ever see that one? I think so, man. Was, I, 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 I want to say like it was that was another one that you're like, boy, if this is if this isn't fake, it's still kind of like what's no, it was totally yeah. I mean, she was like a foot taller than Melania Trump. She looked different, had glasses, didn't speak at all. Was very like you know, I mean. I'm not my saying favorite, it's like a conspiracy. My favorite videos are the ones where like she just like slaps the hand away. Like from those <laughs> memes, dude. And then they like put it into music. It's so funny, dude. Okay. Yeah. And, and well, it's funny because like we know exactly that they were just fighting and boy, anybody that's not married would just be like, Oh, that's interesting. Anybody right. that is married just like, Oh yeah, that sucks. Then there it is. All right, dude. This one, I gotta say, I I, I kind of like 
created these little mini titles mm-hmm. just for the fun, just for the fun of it because that's how big of a nerd I am. I call this one the greatest yard sale find of all time. Mm. Now, here's what's interesting. This is kind of yard sale season. In fact, like uh, my kids and I, after a soccer game last week, stopped off at a yard sale, so found jealous. one of those like sort of like wooden, the one that Clay was actually like talking about, those wooden sort of like drawer VHS holders. I found one. Oh, with like and the... the girl was like, this is my ex-boyfriend stuff and I just want to get rid of it. I got <laughs> a Blu-ray player, a regular DVD player, and a VHS and DVD combo. Oh. And that case... $5. Oh, my gosh. That's now, amazing. Now, that's not the greatest yard sale find of all time, but I really do think this is. Okay. April 8th, 1820. Jesus. Okay. They had yard sales back then? Well, I kind of, it's a clever title. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> okay. This ship was anchored in, uh, and I'm not going to pronounce it correctly, so we're just going to say near the Greek island of Milos, okay. a young French officer named Olivier Vautier. That was Boy, great. Come on, France. That was great. Decided to try his luck at trying to find some like unique antiques. Well, he's like walking around on April 8th, 1820, and he's doing some digging on the site of this ancient theater. Mm-hmm. And it's so, dude, it's incredible. This is actually one too that's, it's, it does get pretty deep, but it's more like in the weeds of details here. He spots this local farmer who, Kind of been collecting stones now. In an original sort of account, he calls him a peasant, which, okay. How about just farmer, man? All right? Like, just a little respect is all we need. Yeah. Shout out to all the uh, farmers of America right now. Yep. My brother being one of them. The old scientist farmers, man. The technology there, by the way, nowadays for farming is just incredible. Anyway. And all the peasants. Shout out to all the peasants. Tons of peasants. All right. Anyways, this guy's like co- seemingly collecting stones. This is another one of those things where I'm like, oh boy, like he just keeps it on, keeping on with like the, like taking digs at this farmer. And he's like, this guy's just fiddling with rocks. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden he sees this guy get kind of excited. And this young man, the farmer, is named uh, Yorgos Kentrotis. Uh, and again, uh, there's like four or five different spellings of this name. Yeah. And I'm sure no matter which one I chose, I was going to pronounce it incorrectly. So forgive me if I did. This guy had just unearthed one of the most famous and most valuable statues of all time. He unearthed this unarmed woman made out of marble. Hmm. You guys know her by the Venus de Milo. Oh my gosh. So what's interesting here is like, because of, and it gets really like deep in, in terms of like who was in, who ruled in, you know, the French and the yeah, Greeks right. and the, all this. And the, they basically saw like the top half, okay? Mm-hmm. He, like, here's the quote, the direct quote, dude. After I've said this, now you're going to laugh. 20 steps away from us, a peasant was pulling stones from the ruins of a small chapel buried by the rising ground. Seeing him stop and look carefully at the bottom of this hole, I approached. He had just uncovered the upper part of a statue that was in poor condition and as it could not be used for its construction, was going to cover it with rubble. Hmm. He basically convinces this guy to pull it out. It had no arms. The nose and the knot of the hair were broken. It was extremely dirty. Nevertheless, at first glance, one recognizes a remarkable piece. I urged my man to look for the other part. Soon, he came across it. Now, right there, he's describing the, the lower half. He says, then I had the statue assembled. 
And who has seen the Venus de Milo can imagine my amazement. So anyway, this kind of sparked a, not really, a, uh, you know, th- this part of the story kind of gets confusing because there's just like a bunch of different people who were kind of like trying to get a hold of it and claim ownership of it. And, you know, uh, because it was like gifted to the Ottoman Empire and, you know, there's just all kinds of stuff. So basically... It's just imagine that, dude, you're a young sailor, you're walking around Greece, you're like, I wonder if I could find something cool. Mm-hmm. You know, this is far before eBay. He's just walking around this theater. He sees like, what, what, what's going on? And he freaking found the Venus de Milo. Incredible, dude. Yeah, that is incredible. Actually, I've seen it in uh, Paris when we had the opportunity to go to the Louvre. And man, it's, it's beautiful. Man. Dude, there is so much just incredible. I mean, you know, because you see all this stuff in movies and and sure. pop culture stuff. But it's funny you you brought up the Venus de Milo because, I don't know, this may have been a year ago maybe, but I read an article where they actually believe that the statue itself, you know, whoever the model was was sculpted after, mm-hmm. could have actually had like a spinal deformity. Mm, because it, of the way that she's kind of like... Yeah, there's just like some... I mean, you and I would have never noticed this, but like there's some kind of weird way that like... I noticed. <laughs> how her like her arms out and like the way her head is and the way her like body, you know, it's some, you know, super sort of like yeah, anatomical. Now you might be kind of right there. When I was a kid, I, I certainly wasn't looking at the, <laughs> at the spine. I mean, you were really into like that David statue, but. Well, and dude, you know what's funny though? Like when you see these things, I have seen David in real life. When mm-hmm. you see these things in real life, man, it's like. It's amazing. It is, man. Yeah. It's it's like one of those things. It's just like, like it's hard to wrap your mind yeah. around the amount of extreme talent and artistic mm-hmm. sort of detail and attention yeah. that folks poured into that stuff. It's just incredible, man. Well, and it, it, it's it's also similar to how like you know the first time you go to Times Square or the first time you see like the Hollywood sign. It's so like we've been so inundated Iconic, with these yeah. with these images our whole lives that like. It's just super surreal to like yeah. see those things, you know. Yeah, it's cool. I felt the same way the first time I read. I mean, I rode on a on a yellow school bus, man, coming back to the states. <laughs> I was like, man, I just want to ride on a regular school bus. I was tired of it after the first trip. Okay, listen to this. Now, speaking of talent and art, mm-hmm. there's a lot of amazing things that I didn't know about that apparently originate and are associated with the great city of St. Louis, Missouri. Hmm. This is interesting. It was the first U.S. city to host the Olympics. I did not know that. Did you know that? No, I did not. I know there was a World's Fair there. That was yep. Really- yep. Which is like, and it was. What's weird is it was like Olympics, World's Fair, and this other stuff. Also, interesting fact: more barbecue sauce is consumed there per capita than in any other American city. I think I did know that because because they have all those like. Oh, they got great barbecue, man. Yeah, but they have all those like like barbecue, like cook-offs, like those, mm-hmm. the big like competitions where thousands of people show up. It was also the place where the very first interstate highway was built. And of course, it's home to one of our diehard best friends, Clay. I was about to say, that's 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 the birthplace of, of our pal Clay. Well, another thing that it's known for is it actually is the place where they invented the best way to eat ice cream. Mm. So April... 1904. It's barbecue sauce. It's a hot day. Yeah, you just got to slather a Mm -hmm. lot of barbecue sauce all over it. No, it was a warm day, 
April 1904. Mm-hmm. I can imagine kind of that time period, you know, it's hot outside. There's like these little ice cream vendors, right? Yep. Well, this one ice cream vendor in particular had run out of dishes and bowls and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the neighboring vendors in a neighboring stall, he was this Syrian immigrant named Ernest Hamwi, and apparently like a quick thinker, and he really quickly rolled some of his zalabia, which is like a waffle-like pastry, to use as an edible ice cream cone. Wow. Resulting in what, in my opinion, is the absolute best way to eat ice cream, which is the waffle cone. Man, that's fascinating. Amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's that like... uh like necessity is the the birthplace of invention or whatever. Yep, exactly. Man, yeah, I love so that cool. those kind of stories when someone like yeah, me too. sees a problem and then creates the solution out of necessity. It's just the best. Yeah, now, so, especially I mean, like, that he was like the other dude was an immigrant who had this thing that mm-hmm. that was never meant to be. You know, it's like the two were never supposed to meet, but they did. Right. And it, it's perfect. You know. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's uh, called assimilation. Okay, <laughs> I mean, but yeah. like. Can you, is that how you prefer your ice cream? Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I will say for giving these to my kids. Oh, God. Is yeah. a nightmare. Yep. Because it it's, is. Dude, it's so funny that you said that because, like, <sighs> first, I always say, like, you know, so Anne, my wife, listener, she always, I mean, always, 100% of the time, gets her ice cream in one of those dead gum paper bowls. And every time for the last 20 years, I'm like, I literally say out loud, much to, you know, uh, her frustration, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Who gets ice cream in a bowl? Yeah. At least get one that's edible. Yeah. Then you get bonus eats, you know? Or even even one of those like crappy, like styrofoam textured cones. You mean the sugar cone? Is that what they're called? Yeah, they kind of look like a waffle, but it's like. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. no. you're talking about like they call them a cake, cake cone. Cake? I've never heard of any of these terms. Hey, man, I love ice cream. It's yeah. kind of like I mean, it, it it feels like you're biting off like styrofoam. Yeah, I like I like those I like two them, for but... different reasons because like at the bottom they have those like weird sort of like uh, like almost like areas that like collect ice cream and you can like eat that last. <laughs> yeah. We're getting real deep. But dude, but, a waffle cone like it's hard oh. to beat. It's so good, dude. Yeah. And, you know, but like you said, and this is what kind of made me think of this. So equally, I would say, who gets who gets ice cream in a bowl? And then we'd yeah. ha- we have kids, and she's like, well, maybe they should get it. And I'm like, come on. And then the crap is melting everywhere, and there's ice cream literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. I have to – I eat my ice cream relatively fast anyway, and so, like, I have to jump in and kind of eat the rest of theirs. It's a, it's a big mess, and she's – I got to give her props here. She's 100% right. A bowl is definitely the best option for uh, for the little ones. Yeah, for sure. People paying attention, those of you that have like a really keen ear, you might have noticed that I didn't give any credit to St. Louis uh, for having or being the home uh, of the of the St. Louis Cardinals. So, mm-hmm. I, so I'm sorry, Cards fans, go Braves. Uh, real quick before we move on, for our listeners that aren't in the U.S., like we have this place called uh, Dairy Queen. Okay, big fan. They have these things called blizzards, which are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ice creams with like, you know, Snickers bars or Reese's Pieces or M and M's and and all of our American listeners like I'm sure you know what this is. But yeah. For international listeners, well, anyway, they do this thing. I forgot to tell you this, by the way. We haven't we haven't had a chance to like really talk much lately. But they started this thing a while back where 
just to, sh- I guess, to show like that the ice cream is like fresh or like, I'm not real sure actually why they do this. Yeah, but I think they've done this from the start, man. I never remember them doing that. Yeah. Because we used to have one. Maybe not the one in Cleveland. Yeah, in Cleveland, they definitely never did this. But but they they do this thing where. Spell the word ice cream. Go ahead, sorry. (laughs) They do this thing. I got the history award. They do this thing where they, before they hand you the blizzard, which is in a cup, Mm -hmm. they turn it over. Upside down. Upside down. Mm -hmm. just, Just to make sure that you can see that, like, it doesn't like fall out. I or guess something. that it's like I, it's not like melted. Such a it's like yeah, fresh. I don't, I don't know. It, it makes me cringe every time. Well, the other day, and this just made me think of this. The other day we went by, and like, there's this dude. Oh man, you could tell he was so nervous already. It was probably his first day on the job. Like, it it made me really feel really yeah. bad. And I like, Ugh. I'm bad about that. Like, I empathize with people, so like. I felt you also just like laugh in their face. Yeah, you are. No, 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 no. No, I really like made it out like it was like a funny thing. And hey, man, I'm not, I'm not in a rush. Like you do you. You're doing great. You know that whole thing. But he goes, he goes to do it, and it's, it is a large, double cookie Oreo. You know that like the two girls were going to split or whatever. And like Mm -hmm. he goes to do it, and when he does it, the whole cup just slips out of his hand. And it just oh, goes no. smashes into the thing, and not only all the while the ice cream didn't leave the cup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the ice cream still did its job. But the funny thing, well, it's not funny. It's awful, actually. But the next part, amusing part, is that the lady that like took over was like, you know, you could just see it on her face. She was like, just get out of the way and get out there and clean it up. So while while I'm having to sit there and wait for this other lady to like make my blizzard again i have this like little like nerdy kid like cleaning up ice cream in between like my car and the window and oh i didn't know it was outside yeah yeah it was just it was like an event so awkward it was so awkward yeah poor guy man yeah Yeah. i i I feel so differently about that like i can't even watch like internet videos of that kind of stuff because the first thing i think of is like you know, my shy kid, first job ever, first day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boom, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, good. He he reminded me of that. You know those videos that I've been sending you lately? And this kid is like, I say kid. I don't know. He's probably 18, 19 maybe. But he like, he's that funny kid who like tries out like drinks. God. And he's like, he's like, let's try it and see if this is bussin' or disgusting. Yeah, yeah. And he does like, he's like, one, two, three, bottoms up. And he does this thing where he like, Spins the bottle before he shoots yeah, it back. Yeah. <laughs> he looked just like that kid. Oh my gosh! That's awesome. Anyway, carry on, pal. Now, for sure, Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell loved this. April fourth, mm. fourteenth, April fourteenth, wow, nineteen eighty-three. Now, this is something that's kind of hard to imagine because nowadays it's like I don't know about you, but and I'm, when I say you, I'm I'm sure yes, I'm talking to you, Tyler, mm-hmm. but also listener. If you leave the house. Or if you happen to leave the house or even the room without your phone in your hand, it feels weird as heck, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels real weird. And it's hard for me to kind of go back in my mind in time when the only way that I could call my folks at any point, like if I was somewhere else, not at a friend's house or anything like that, pay phone, right? I mean, you just didn't have access to it. But even more, do you remember how long the cords were on your home phone? (laughs) I was talking about this with the kids the other day. They're like, what? What do you mean? And yeah. like, oh, you you couldn't. First, it was just like the normal size cord, and then you, it was a big deal. You might have been thought of as rich. 
if you had Absolutely a that cord was. that was like yeah. 10 feet, 20 feet, your mom's just walking around with this thing. You got to duck under it. She's cooking. She's got the phone on the shoulder. She's like cooking whatever. And, you know, it's getting all wrapped up and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's hard for us to go back in time and remember days like this. But D- Dude, but before, just to show you how long our cord was on a phone when I was a kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, okay, so this is going to make zero sense to our listeners, but. I mean, it's just us talking. Has that ever stopped Tyler before? <laughs> it sure Tyler? hasn't. Super no. detailed story. No, my my mom called one time because we had somebody coming out to fix the garage door. I specifically remember, man, I haven't thought of this in like 30 years. <laughs> I love these. I, I literally took the phone, which was like right as you walk into like my old kitchen. Mm-hmm. On Might the have left. even been like attached to like the... the it, like the wall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And... I literally, like, our cord was so long that I literally was able to stretch it all the way outside, all the way past the garage door. Just cut off jean shorts, no shirt on, just going, I don't know, Mom, they should be hearing (laughs) you in a second. No, I mean, that's like, that's 30 feet. Yeah, oh, at least, dude. I mean, it was, like, stretched, you know, it was starting to, like... Straighten oh, yeah. out a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like when the cord started like not being coiled. Right, right, right. And it was exactly. just kind of like weird, or it would like do a like a weird bend in the middle. You know, where yeah. It just like would collect uh-huh. in a certain way. And then you could always tell, like, boy, this this phone's just about had it when you go to hang it up on, on the like the holder, the receiver, mm-hmm. and it would just fall down all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, this thing's broken yeah. too many times. I've slammed it too many times. Hey, spe- right. speaking of like, we haven't even gotten to the hold on. I know. Real quick, sorry. Speaking of uh, curly cables, I still have never had one of those, uh, like an amp, like a guitar oh, cable. Oh, yeah, me neither. I didn't. I've always wanted one, Yeah, man. I always thought they looked cool. They did look You cool. know, Pete Townsend yep, or whatever. What I'm thinking he was of. kind of famous for that. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I thought they looked cool, but I also was like, I think that's going to piss me off more than it's going to. Yeah, that's why I never got one. Yeah. It's like, this is going to end up like a slinky. April 14th, 1983. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't the slinky, but this cordless phone called the BT Hawk was sold and it claimed that it would make its user free as a bird and April 14th was when they sent out the first 200 sets of these things what year was this launch 1983 and is this this is the the first one well maybe I guess the the, the like commercial first mainstream yeah Mm -hmm. wow cool this is their uh, promotion it says with a hawk in the hand the frustration of rushing to a distant phone only to find it stops ringing as you arrive becomes a thing of the past. That's a hell of a tagline. Man, right? <laughs> hey, listen, they didn't use AI to create that copy back they in the sure day. They sure didn't. No. Nope. Come on. All right. Last, but certainly not least, I call this one Cloudy, the Chance of Meatballs. I love it. I'm taking you to April 1878. Mm-hmm. The first of April, in fact. When a seemingly world-changing announcement was made in the U.S. newspaper called the Daily Graphic. Hmm. This is about a year after creating the revolutionary phonograph. Genius inventor Thomas Edison claimed he had built a machine that could make biscuit, meat, vegetable, and wine out of nothing more than air, water, and common earth. I've heard of this. The food of the future, Edison said, would be... (laughs) Hard to say it with a straight face... Oranges and cabbages that have never felt the wind and rain, and pork and partridges that have never been alive. Wow. His food machine could end world hunger, which is why newspapers around the world reprinted this story alongside praise for Edison. Here's Mm. the problem, though. Obviously, no such device 
existed. Of course not. In the last sentence of the article, this is like a trick that some of my professors in college would pull, but in the last sentence of the article, the writer writes about how he, I mean, this is a classic sort of (laughs) crappy story ending too. The writer awoke from a nap and revealed that the entire story was a dream sequence. Oh, that's like the saint elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's the worst, right? But many people, of course, didn't read that far or they didn't get that far in the article. And including, like, think about it this way. Every newspaper, not every newspaper, a lot of the major newspapers globally reprinted this as news. Boom, 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 boom. Oh my and gosh. the the uh, this newspaper, the U.S. newspaper, the Daily Graphic, later uh, published an addendum that you know it says he was fired. They said the careless American habit of hasty reading. <laughs> and uh, oh, blame your readers. Good. Yeah, there you go. That's that's I like fault. it. Now I mentioned that a professor would pull a trick. I was telling Woodrow this the other day, my oldest. I had a professor that was extremely, he was amazing. Uh, I guess if you didn't fall for his antics sort of thing, mm-hmm. he explained first day, and I'd kind of heard from someone else like, hey man, they, they kind of, they didn't spoil it for me. They said, look, when you go into this class, there's a couple things you need to know. Number one, if you don't have a tape recorder to record all of his lectures, then literally will write down every single word that he says, mm. because essentially you're going to be tested on all of it. So wow. I was like, good God. And yeah. that wasn't a joke, that's true. But he also said, now make sure another thing, he loves and is serious about students paying attention to details. Mm. And that's all I'm going to tell you. And I was like, hmm, okay. Man, sure, I whatever. would do great in there. So one of the very first, I mean, and it was no lie, dude, this guy would come in, he would get started right on the hour that he was supposed to, he mm. would end right when he was supposed to end. And... It didn't matter. Like, he wouldn't stop if someone came in late. He would just continue through. He wouldn't even acknowledge the person being late. And what's funny is, like, every, like, maybe that happened once or twice where someone would walk in late. But for the most part, no one did after that because Mm. they knew, holy crap. So, one of the first quizzes that he passed out, as you're like looking it over or whatever, there's like a little paragraph underneath, you know, just like instructions for students or whatever. It's like, make sure that you, and he would count, I mean, like, literally, if you didn't write your name on it or date it, he would, mark off like big time points. Mm. So in the instructions, it said, you know, make sure you put your name on it, blah, blah, blah. Then before you start this test, go to the very last question on the last page of this quiz. I said test just a second ago, quiz. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm. So I turn it over. And on that very last question, it was like, all you need to do is fill out your name and date oh. and sit in your chair and pretend to write and fill out other answers. You won't be graded on any of the other That's answers. Amazing. You can answer them for fun. But the only thing that you will be graded on is whether or not you can follow directions. Yeah. And so everyone did that. And Did everybody you know, do it or a lot? I of mean, you had a couple of people that... Now, this is an upper-level class, but you had a couple of people that were like, I mean, what? This is so stupid, you know? Yeah, yeah. I had a tough day and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. I didn't make it there. I was still working on the... Exactly. Yeah. So That's really cool. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, man, me too. Also, man, I would do those flexes all the time if I was a teacher. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. That's awesome. Well, that's all for the mysteries that I have now. Dude, I don't know you're going to have time for your UFOs. Very thing, short. Okay, I love it. Okay, cool. So let's go to a quick break. When we get back, I can't wait to hear all about it. We will return after these messages. Pretty good place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. vampire. You think you really know what's happening around 
don't you? We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. So these are going to go quick, and I just kind of wanted to, I sort of knew that you were highlighting things in April, and I thought that was cool. And so, you know, we really haven't had like a UFO sort of story in a while. So I thought we would like run through a few, you know, that happened in April. And again, just like Woody said up at the top, a lot of these, uh, especially a few of these like deserve, you know, a totally full on episode. So... These are just kind of, you know, just to kind of wet your whistle. Like it, hold on, is that right? Yeah, wet your whistle, yeah. What, is that inappropriate though? Wet your whistle? Yeah. No. I, I think you wet your whistle means like. <laughs> no, dude. I, don't, I think that <laughs> our 13-year-old mind immediately goes there. No, dude. I'm I don't think that's how it's, I don't think that's what it's intended, <laughs> dude. <laughs> hold on a second. That is not the intention of that I swear I think it is. No, 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 because it's almost impossible to... Look, man, uh, us Texans will know. Okay? Dude, I'm you telling you. You can't whistle. You. Listen to me. You, you got you to gotta be able to listen so you can learn. It's almost impossible to like whistle with a really dry <laughs> mouth. Okay, You're making it worse. And so, no, I'm not, dude. And so whenever you lick your lips or something, okay, make then it you worse. can whistle better. I See? mean, yeah. You're, I know I'm right, dude. You don't even have to... to ha- no, it actually means to have an alcoholic drink. No, come on. I'm sure that's what that's you know, what it hey, says. Man, little thing to wet your yeah whistle. to wet your whistle. This is yeah from because Collins you have to have like some moisture to wet your whistle to means to, to have a drink. It's old, old West, man. old fashioned. Yeah, exactly. Man, I <laughs> you think I, I have definitely heard that in a different. Of course, we have a different context. Anyway, let's not anyway, talk about our whistles. Okay, so the first one, and I think that we've actually briefly actually touched on this, but I'm not sure if this is the same event. It's called the oh, God. And this is crazy, dude. The, just the synchronicity. The 1561 celestial phenomenon over Nuremberg. Whoa. Literally just talked about the Nuremberg trials. We've yeah. never talked about that ever. Mm-mm. I think we talked about this when we were talking about sky jellies. Hear more on That Would Be Rad, Season 2, Episode 45, Star Jelly, Angel Hair, and the Missing Thunderbird Photo. Briefly, but... Again, I'm not sure it's the same thing. So basically, long story short, the residents of Nuremberg actually described... uh, Oh, and by the way, this took place on April 14th, 1561. The residents of Nuremberg would describe an aerial battle followed by the appearance of a large black triangular object, and then that object would crash outside of the city. A broadsheet recorded that witnesses observed hundreds of spheres cylinders, and other odd-shaped objects that moved erratically overhead. Jeez. I mean... Give me the year again. Shoot it. 1561. 1561. And so, again, I don't know if this is the same thing, because I remember when we were talking about sky jellies, there was that thing where they were seeing all that crazy, like, sky anomaly. And I think Mm -hmm. it was in Nuremberg, like, almost like streamers, like these golden sort of lights and stuff. But, I mean, this sounds like a straight-up, Aerial assault. Aerial battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, let's just put our, like, try to be skeptical here. Mm -hmm. Weather balloons. What the heck could they, yeah, (laughs) or swamp gas. Mm -hmm. Like, what are are they seeing then? 
You Dude, know, there's no one in fifteen in the 1500s who are like, <clears throat> look up and see a lightning storm and think, oh, yeah, man, black triangles and those things are fighting each other. Yeah. Like, something happened. Well, what and also, was it? also, you can't, the skeptic, as a skeptic, you can't say, oh, it was just like a meteor shower because this, this took place in the day, you know? Yeah, and I guess there's probably, well, yeah, you're right. And uh, a large black triangle. I mean, that, they're very, like, clear so, mm-hmm. so I would, I would so much go on to say that, like, this may be the very first appearance of the, the black large triangle. black triangle, you know, crafts. Man, we need to cross check that. Yeah. We also need to. I'm sure <clears throat> some of our uh, gumshoes out there would love to kind of, if possible, research if they have the access to research to see if there is any sort of meteor shower reporting mm-hmm. that can coincide with uh, with that time period. Doubtful, but yeah. I'm willing to uh, willing to give it a give it a try. Yeah, this is another one that we have discovered. Actually, uh, we actually had a full episode, uh, and that is the Aurora, Texas UFO incident. Mm-hmm. One of my all time favorite ones. And again, you can find that in hear more on that would be rad. Season one, episode forty seven, the Aurora UFO crash. Basically, this is the event. Uh, it happened in April seventeenth of eighteen ninety seven. Uh, where a local correspondent, S.E. Hayden, would go on to report a crash of an airship that was, you know, piloted by an alien. According to Hayden, the spaceman was buried in the local cemetery and was actually given a proper Christian burial. And you got to stop right there, dude, because, like, we go deep on this one. This is another mm-hmm. one of those that just, like, from the get-go fascinated me. It's to awesome. no end because it's, like, that mixture of technology yeah, right. and, like— 1800s. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the Cowboys and Aliens thing. I love that stuff. And I actually think that this actually, that episode, because we were like heavy, heavy into that early or late 1800s, uh, the the sort of airship wave, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. across America specifically. And I think this is just like, I mean, wouldn't you say probably the most famous of those cases? Um... Yeah, I think I think other than just like the flap in general, I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, like know. single case though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot more to it too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, and th- this was also the one because it's like there's a potential like that there's an alien buried in the ground in and the also, ground. Like yeah, the well, the well, the water well. That's the was best affected part. by it. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff, man. Yeah, it's re- it really is a fascinating story. And if you're into sort of the high strangeness side of ufology. Then uh, and you haven't heard that episode? Uh, go check it out because it's man, it's it's got it all. It's a great one. Uh, the next event, and I'm moving right along here, but the next event would happen on April sixth of 1966, and that is the West Hall UFO incident hmm. uh, that happened in Melbourne, Victoria. Matt, man, love it. Mm-hmm. You may you may recognize that. Basically, it's a fascinating case, and this is one of you know, it may be Australia's biggest UFO case. Basically, it happened on Wednesday, April 6th, like I said, 1966, at a school where, um, or at West Hall High School, where 300 students and a teacher would report seeing a flying object. It was described as gray or silvery green, a saucer-shaped craft with a slight purple hue, about twice the size of a family car, According to the students, the object was descending, overflew the high school, and disappeared behind a stand of trees. 
approximately 20 minutes later, which this is the fascinating part, 20 minutes later, the object reportedly reappeared, climbed at a speed and departed towards the northwest uh, extremely fast. Mm-hmm. So basically this thing swoops low, either stops to take a break, you know, bathroom break, get mm-hmm. some water, whatever, and then it rises out of this this tree line that it disappeared behind and just zooms off to the northeast or northwest. It's interesting to me, man, about those kind of situations. And there's been like a couple. Yeah, where they stop. kind of bring about, well, that involve like schools and, Mm -hmm. you know, many, many witnesses. Yeah. Yeah, three are always so fascinating to me because it's like where there are multiple Mm -hmm. witnesses and stuff. I mean, I watch a lot of true crime stuff and like two people can't even get it together. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like 300 yeah, I mean that that that's one of the things. Uh, there's another one that we're definitely going to cover. It's one of my favorite. It's in Africa, right? Yeah, the aerial school in Africa. Yeah, um, and it's the same kind of thing. The interesting thing with that one, and again, I think we've touched on it, is like all of the kids, all the kids had the same. Um, they all witnessed the same craft and everything. Yeah. But like, it's super weird because the kids like all saw it like differently. Mm. Uh, which which is a great sort of it's a great account because it like it either sort of like leans in on like mm-hmm. the simulation theory mm-hmm. or, or or the the idea that like we're whenever we oh, view yeah. like these UFOs or aliens mm-hmm. or whatever we're viewing it to, through like some sort of like internal filter and or I they. Mean, are yeah, like, I got to say, like, that theory alone, what you're talking about here, mm-hmm. basically, Tyler, like, and I didn't give you the chance to do this, but I'm jumping in. Tyler's basically saying, like, one of the pre- sort of prevalent, like, theories mm-hmm. out there is that, like, what you see, different people can witness the same event mm-hmm. differently based on their previous history. In other words, like, yeah. if our mind is a computer that is it's like a evolving filter. since we've been born... Mm-hmm that evolution is so personalized in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. that we can then uh, view an event and then what we kind of see or the details that we, you know, pay attention to are really kind of like correlated and and, uh, specific to our own sort of mental history in a way and what we've seen before. And so like you could put like a pygmy standing next to that school age. Uh, child, and they're going to see like two different things. The pygmy might be like, it's a giant bird that's got fur. And then the right. school-aged kid's going to be like, well, that looks like a, a, a saucer. Dude, and it, then- it's funny you're saying this because that that's one of the, there's actually like a a, um, a pretty I'm big documentary. So, I'm just so smart. Man, you <laughs> you're know? so like, smart. <laughs> uh, no, there's there's an actual documentary that I don't know if if, if it's finished yet. I've, I've heard that uh, there's a team that, that have been making it for years and years. And they actually like, have interviews of like I think almost all the kids they've tracked them all down. Oh wow, um, which is really cool. And but the, that is one of the things that's really interesting is this idea that like I think the aerial school was like a type of like international school, mm. kind of like w- what you yeah, went right to, yeah. you know, in Indonesia. And so you did have these kids from you know the UK, you know, other kids that were more local, like African, you know, traditional like kids from Africa. And a lot of what they would see would be like, oh, well, this kid saw these like little men, you know, almost like gnomes. These people saw, you know, this thing. This So it is a really fascinating account. And again, we're, we'll, we're going to do a full episode 
because there's so much to it, you know. And uh, and I'm gonna tr- also gonna try to track down that that documentary. But yeah, that's a great one. That's that's one of those meta ones too that you can really like. And, and the other thing about it is they. And I know we're talking about uh, the Whitehall or the West Hall incident, but th- they well, all. Well, then let's stick to it. <laughs> they are. But but the interesting thing about the aerial thing is like they they were all sort of like given these like like downloads almost they describe and like these sort of like messages from these these beings that they were seeing and like you know even that like was was kind of different from from child to child man yeah we have to do that yeah it's It's, awesome it's awesome it's a really good one anyway moving right along the next one is the finnish air force ufo sighting this happened in pori finland on april april 12th 1969 and it's also referred to as the Seven Balloons of Pori, hmm. which is just that title's, you know, kind of captivating. The main reason that I did this is I don't think there's like a ton to this as far as, you know, info and people like digging into stuff. And, it, and it's a pretty short story. Basically, this, you know, this Air Force, like this Finnish Air Force pilot was out flying and the like control tower radioed in and a lot of people like overheard this, you know, so there's. There's sort of corroborating evidence. And uh, they basically, the aircraft control guy, wait, is that right? Air, no, air traffic. Air traffic control. Jeez. Yeah. Air traffic control guy is like, hey, I'm looking, I'm looking at the radar here and I'm seeing seven either disked or balloon type objects all flying in a formation in the area. And I think several of the pilots that were already you know, in the air, went to go look and, you know, they would find these seven, uh, you know, I think it was like, I think it was a little vague as far as like, okay, was it like, were they sort of more orbs Mm -hmm. or were they kind of like more disc? I think several of the guys had different, slightly different accounts, but it's just fascinating. I mean, that's, that's that's pretty much what it is. and, And it doesn't go further than that. But the idea that like, you know, you're, your national aircraft or your national air force is seeing, you know, basically almost like an attack formation of these seven, you know, and this was yeah. in 1969. So it's not and like, you know, we talk a lot about like, you know, the usage of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. to potentially politically or whatever, motivate citizens and stuff and fear monger and stuff. But like, no matter which way you slice it, if it's real or not real, Still scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And like to think about like even, even you know, uh, take the alien part out of it and you've just got seven aircraft flying over your country yeah, dude. in an attack formation. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't know if any of you have ever had like a jet fly over your house, but one time I was over at Ann's mom's house. You remember that old place? Mm-hmm. Love that. And I'm not joking, dude. A jet flew straight over that thing. Yeah. And it sounded like someone had brought a jet engine into mm-hmm. the home. And it was like, I don't know, I guess here's a good place to kick her off. And just that's where the engine was. And it sounded like it was right on top of us. It was the scariest sounding <laughs> thing ever. And so just imagine 1960s Finland. When yeah. I do, all I imagine is like flower fields. Yeah, and, very. And, and people walking around in you know, neutral shoes and stuff and being like, yay, chocolate's good. And like, <laughs> 
the rivers are flowing with like chocolate milk and stuff and mm-hmm. like everybody's you know holding hands they're all like doing the ricola blowing yeah, through those yeah, yes exactly like the long <laughs> things like you know and and then all of a sudden attack formation of of uh yeah, you know, seven made balloon animals or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, seven balloon animals, exactly. Uh, my my last one is another really cool one, and this would go on to happen in April 11th of 1980 Ooh, okay. in Arequipa, Peru, and it's called the Arequipa UFO incident. Mm-hmm. So basically, at the the le, le, what is it be Joya or Yoya J O Y A, however you want it to be. Um, so Joya. basically, uh, at the La Jolla Air Force Base, if I'm saying that. It might even be La Jolla. They would order a fighter pilot by the name of Oscar Santa Maria uh, Huertas to intercept an object that was in the restricted airspace. The pilot pursued this object in a plane called the Sukhoi Su-22 and would go on to fire a barrage of 30-millimeter shells into it. According to, yeah, which, I mean, this is like a theme, you know. This is a, a perfect example of like, you know, a continuation of our last story that happened in Finland. Mm -hmm. According to the pilot, the object did not seem damaged at all and rose to 19,200 meters. He described Mm -hmm. it as similar in shape to an incandescent light bulb, which this is the reason I chose the story, with a much wider circular silver base and said that it lacked all typical components of an aircraft. It had no wings, no propulsion, no jets, no exhaust, no windows, no antennae, and so forth. Jeez. And so it just it just sped off. So the dude just fires, you know, these massive like shells. You know, f- for all you video game fans, like when you play like jet games, it's like oh, I gotta shoot. Like, all I have left you is gotta, guns. I gotta switch to guns, man. Yeah, guns yeah. suck. But if you're thinking about it, dude, if you got shot with one of those bullets, it would literally rip you in half. Oh yeah, man. you know. I and mean, these things are made to like pierce yeah. metallic aircraft, right. you know. And it did nothing to this. This, I've been uh, making this face. I just realized I've been making this face since you named this, since you said the name of this pilot, like <laughs> Oscar Santa Maria. I'm just like, one of my eyebrows is just like up. I mean, uh, it is a little on the nose. Just imagine like freaking um, Pedro Pascal, like playing this dude in a movie. Mm-hmm. The you know, first he kisses, you know, he kisses his wife goodbye and you just know right out of the gate, you're like, this guy's dying, man. Yeah, he's dead for sure. This is where it's like really hard to, you know, with all the stuff that came out a few months ago. And the fighter pilots that have, you know, gone after things and all that, and the footage and all that. Man, just imagine being a pilot and seeing that kind of stuff, and your job is air defense, and knowing that when you bring that report in, people are going to be like, hey, man, hang up those wings, pal. You're done. Yeah, that that's one of the things that is so unfortunate about this. and And also, like, think of... You know, okay, there's there's these pilots who spend, like you said, they spend their whole lives, you know, honing their craft, no pun intended, and, like, becoming, like, just badass pilots. And then it's, like, they're just, they're, they're not only are they trained to be, like, good pilots and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it's, like, their biggest thing that they're trained to do is observe. Mm. And so that's their mutant powers, yeah, they know they have exactly. The best eyesight on the dadgum planet. Yeah, right, right. Reactions mm-hmm. that are faster than anyone else on the planet. Yeah, they they literally can can just look in the air and know how many how many feet up this thing is. How, you know, wind conditions, light conditions, all this stuff. And the idea that like, okay, they're trained to observe, 
But if they document this information, they're laughed off the military base. Yeah. You know, and so imagine imagine all the pilots that have seen things or encountered things or like experienced these kind of situations like the Air Equipa UFO incident and they're never able to say anything about it. Like that's that's crazy. Sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh speaking of, this is actually a little uh, you know, synchronicity abounds. Actually, last week the Pentagon came out and said they're tracking over 650 potential cases of current ongoing UFOs. Man. Which I think it's just like again, out. man, it's that it's that it's that whole but it could be I think like the true answer is yes to all. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think that's a big giant stew, if you will, of yeah, right. things, right? You've got technology now that is advanced enough to be able to have really sophisticated spy aircraft. Mm-hmm. You have the potential of actual what we would think of if you're an 80s kid as a UFO flying around. Mm-hmm. And then you also have like... You mean like nuts and bolts UFO? Yeah, well, or just anything. Just when when you think of a UFO, that's what I mean when I say the word Like UFO. the truth. Not just like, I don't know what it is. Right, right, right. right. So therefore, it is an unidentified... I mean like... Like your silver some sort of balloon craft, thing. Something, yeah. Yeah. And then also you have like both commercially mm-hmm. and for personal use, like drones that are just flying around all the time. Right. You know? And so there's all this stuff... And it's just, you know, I, I think you can't, I don't know. I approach these things a lot differently three seasons into the show than I would have, yeah. you know, 10 years ago mm-hmm. with a single definitive answer. I don't think, you know, that there is one or, you know, it'd be very hard to sort of pinpoint mm-hmm. specifically, well, I think it's this because I think, yeah, it could be it very well could be like a PSYOP or a smart organization taking advantage of that while at the same time kind of doing the other things that people suspect too, which is like, okay, well, we're going to kind of make it public because this is going to get so out of hand in, in terms of like the amount of this that's actually happening. Yeah. That we kind of have to like normalize it a little bit. There's all kinds of stuff, I think, in other words, kind of kind of going on here. Yeah, and it's funny though because like I, I've seen this meme like that's sort of made its rounds where, you know, it's like conspiracy theories in the, you know, for for the uh, the length of time where like aliens are real ufos are real and everybody being like you're an idiot and then now it's like 2020 you know 2021 or two when the pentagon comes out and says oh well first of all we're changing all the terminology now it's uaps which you know by essence it sort of brushes aside all this research that that the actual researchers and conspiracy theorists have like sort of studied and like uh, researched and all this stuff for years and years. And now we're calling it UAPs. And now the Pentagon's coming out and and like giving us videos. And it's like, whoa, like where's the, like why the sudden like change of of direction? You guys have been like doing everything you can to like cover all this stuff up for years. Now Mm -hmm. suddenly it's like, oh, we just, it's full transparency. We want to tell you all this stuff. And it's like- Now the conspiracy theorists like me are like, yeah, that's not, that's not real. Mm-hmm. Something's going on. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know where it stands, but I do feel like there's, uh, you know, just. I mean, I think we can both agree. Like there's, it's, it's that mix, right? Of a lot of stuff. Oh, for sure. It's, yeah, yeah. It's probably all of the above, you know. I'm just saying what the government is telling us 
I have zero trust. God, in. Only, God only knows, literally. What a great episode, dude. Who knew that April was so chock full of cool, weird, yeah. strange, mysterious, UFO heavy? Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of, uh, sometimes you get inspired by things, you just got to listen to them, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like Woody said at the top of the show, which kind of concerns me a little bit. You're trying to take my job. <laughs> if you want to find us, you can find us over on Instagram. That's where the bulk of our sort of social media presence is. Feel free to drop us a line in the comments. Let us know if you like the show, the episode. You have, again, like what he said, you have like sort of more info on something. Maybe we missed something. Maybe there's like sort of an aside to something we brought up that, uh, we overlooked or or missed. We love that stuff. We're yeah. we we make mistakes and miss a ton of stuff. So especially Tyler, yeah, <laughs> especially Tyler, yeah. So the more the merrier. We appreciate that, and and uh, we're always open to that kind of stuff. If you want to tell us your own story, your own urban legend, maybe in your local area, your own, uh, you know, for all you international listeners outside of the U.S., you know, especially like your own sort of like folklore mm-hmm. or anthropological whatever that ties in with like an episode. Hey, man, we want to hear it. We want to hear mm-hmm. all that stuff. So if you want to drop us a line, you, you can shoot us a DM over on Instagram or you can send it to thatwouldberadpod at gmail.com. Even more so than that, head on over to thatwouldberadpodcast.com. Uh, that's our website where it's sort of a catch-all. Any and everything you want to do, you can leave reviews. You can listen to the show, find like a podcatcher. If you do want to tell us your story and it be in your own words and your own voice, we love that. And you can do that directly onto the site and we'll take that. And if you're cool with it, you know, we publish it to an episode and Woody puts his magic sound design on it. We love that stuff. Uh, Get out there, tell a single friend about the show, spread the word. It does wonders for us. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting enough, that would be rad on this free main feed. Head on over to our Patreon, The Rabbit Trail. Head on over. There's a lot of different tiers to, uh, you know, sort of stu- or sort of suit your financial situation, if you will. But we appreciate all of it, and we love you guys so much. It means the world to us. I know we say it all the time, but we really mean it. It really mm-hmm. does affect us in a way that is not only like, you know, quote, unquote, like good for business, but it truly effects to, you know, tender-hearted, emotional guys like Woody and myself, uh, where, you know, that connection is important, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll, it, we'll never not be grateful and so, so appreciative of it. So, uh, yeah, that's my spill. You got anything else, Woody? I think you covered it pretty, pretty good, at least <laughs> once, maybe even twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely twice. All right. Well, we love you. We appreciate you. And as always, be rad. That's the way it goes. The way it
time where I just needed some sunshine You were already dead for you became a ghost You always said our future would be a parade of flowers But now all that's left is a single rose That's the way Well, real quick, other real quick, other question that we can put in the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Are you caught up to Mando? No, man, I can't get my family to watch it with me. I'm up to episode. I haven't seen episode four, but I've seen one to three. And do you agree what I said about episode two being like maybe the best episode uh, as far as like an action packed episode? It, it it was so it was like almost perfect. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude, and it's very, very cool. I'll say, like, so now I'm caught up, except for I haven't watched the finale. Um, How many episodes are there? I'm not sure. Hmm. I think eight. Oh, gee, the I'm eighth way the finale. Um, there's, I mean, it kind of sucks. Like, some of the middle episodes are somewhat sort of throwaway. Oh, episode um, three, I could, I could, I don't remember what happens in that one. It's either. just there's literally no Mando. It's just the guy and the girl, the the weird, like, sort of bad oh, guy. Oh, actually, actually, that's kind of, it ended up being kind of cool. Yeah, I'm sure it does. It was just like a um, lot of sort of build, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyhow, let's move past that. All right, mm-hmm. let's get this party started. All right, uh, let's see. What would be really cool is if I did it in the way of, like, like an actual. <laughs> I guess my not good enough. No, 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 like an actual, like, like photo of it. But, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, everything else is, like, sort of. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, taken out or whatever. Yeah. But it's like in that like super 80s like magazine. Mm. Like mm-hmm. the photos where it's like a million little dots. It's not really half tone, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. I love it. Okay. Again, don't, you know, tell me how to build a watch. Just tell me what <laughs> Okay. Okay. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, real quick. Um, All right. 